0: Welcome everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by...
1: This is Big Kurt here.
0: Big Kurt, you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT.
0: And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Uh, not, but hasn't been long since I've seen Kurt. It was yeah. just over at uh, the Kurt
1: Jour yesterday. Um, che Big Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a good time. Great tailgate it's, it's, setup, was it not? It was good. Okay, and shout out to Kramarchek's Deli for the bratwurst. Those were amazing. Those were great brats. Fantastic. Yep. If, if you're looking for a good brat, and you're looking to venture out uh, outside of Johnsonville, because that's a great brat. And our quick conversation yesterday was,
0: Kurt and I, unknowingly, separately, over the last, who, who knows, five, ten years, whatever it is. Ten years, I would say, for me. We've took the same brat odyssey. Yep. In that we're like, well, we were both reared on Johnsonville Brats. Of course. Johnsonville Brats, Johnsonville yep. Brats. You remember the commercials? I
1: do, and the, and it's a fantastic product. It is a freaking great brat. But, but they, it's so good, you're like, well, there must be a premium product that's better. And? It, there's not. The answer is there's not. Until yesterday. I would say Cremarchex was at least as good as as um, as the Johnsonville.
0: As good, if not better. Johnsonville, a little less expensive than those brats, is sure. what I, I would assume. But anyways... Kurt and I found it interesting that we both tried to find other brats over the years. Like, oh, how about this fancy boutique place that makes brats? Right. Bad brat. Or oh, like, how about this just also prepackaged place that's not Johnsonville? Crappy brat. Or like, some
1: off the wall butcher shop that's in the middle of nowhere that everyone brags about. That's probably great, but you get the brat and it's just like, eh. All right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you had the, the I was proud of you, you had the fixins. Uh You had sauerkraut. Oh God. Yeah. Which uh, my German or Greek background very right. much appreciated. So that was good to have it on one browse. And it was,
1: so it was a German brand of sauerkraut. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. It yeah. was good.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, good, good uh, array of mutiads two mustards. Good job. audio. Yep. Yep. Um, you watched the game uh, with Obviously yourself, and then three of us who were all Iowa fans, all so, Iowa fans. So yeah. good sport of you. Um, uh, I, I had I had preemptively said before the game, you know, I shouldn't be here. I don't believe we've ever watched an Iowa Illinois game
1: together. I don't. And I don't think so. Although our Jason friend thinks we did. Our friend disputes that. Yes, there was, I, don't, there, I don't know.
0: There was a watershed moment that we right. definitely remember. Just in debate if it was the Iowa Illinois game sure. or not. Um, And then, uh, but I had said, if there is a way for Illinois to break the streak, this would be it because I'm actually in your presence of the Iowa, Illinois game. Obviously we'll break that down later in the pod, but maybe that was Iowa fans. That noise you just heard was Iowa fans. Shouting into their their speakers like, Jeff, we could have used all the help we needed yesterday, and you show up to watch to Kurt with probably a dumb
1: move. And of course, me, I've been doing the opposite. You yes. know, I'm a big fisherman now. I yes. think we talked about that. Yes. So yes. I've been doing the opposite because if everything I had done previously was wrong, then the opposite must be right. So I guess I would make you
0: Costanza, and I'm Elaine right now. Yes. And I'm kind of walking around like, what's. I should start yep. dressing in sweats, you know, and not getting up till noon or whatever. Um, All right. So. Couple things I did before we get going, if if you don't mind. Um Inter, I guess you know, interesting day yesterday in the Big Ten, all around the country a little bit. Um A tweet that I had put out: so three games or six games yesterday. Okay. Three games were decided by an average of just two points. Wow! There were there were there was a three-point game, yep. a two-point two point. game, and a one-point game yep. in the Big Ten. This weekend, the other three games were were, were decided by tw- an average of twenty eight points. Wow! So, th- three games de- decided by a safety, four games decided by four touchdowns, and actually it was technically a little bit more than that. Ohio State scored the same amount of points, forty nine, as five teams combined: Iowa, Illinois, Nebraska. Northwestern and Rutgers. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. And one of those teams won. That's right. <laughs> one of them had to, I guess. Um, the East versus West standings right now against each other. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, tied five to five. Oh, the East is so dominant. Five wins a, a-, a piece. Um, I went six and zero straight up yesterday. Okay, and, straight and up. five and one against the spread. That's not too shabby. My season totals right now are fifty two and ten. Straight up and 32 20 and 1 ATS, which is uh, get your get get a, a, a penthouse suite comp type of numbers if you have the cojones to bet them hard,
1: yeah. Um, well, if you if you're a betting man, maybe follow the Greek, and yeah. Make well, some here. But,
0: and then, as I tried to explain on the last Dustin podcast, um, the best way to bet me is to bet all of my bets except fade me, which is a cool way of saying, do the opposite of what I do on my locks of the week. Oh, you're doing poorly on the locks. Very poorly okay. on the locks. Um, funny thing, uh, I, I added an extra lock. The lock that I added did not hit. Oh, no. <laughs> so if I would have stayed at my <laughs> original one, I, I would have went 1-0, but I wound up going 1-1 one and one in those. Um, okay, another thing here. Shout out to Mike Hart, uh definitely a outside of the white lines type of situation. Probably most Big Ten fans or or the people listening to this podcast at least saw it. He had some sort of seizure on the sidelines. The whole game stopped. They literally carted him off. The preemptive uh word is that he's stable and doing fine.
1: Yeah, and interesting that it happens at Indiana, which was his previous employer. So there was a lot of there's a lot of people that had you know, interest in in what was happening.
0: It's a great point. Then you also made a good point where hopefully, you know, for his wife and family or whatever that was in town, they're kind of have some familiarity with where they were at. So hopefully he is doing good and able to get back to the team and healthy and all that stuff. Odd, odd situation there.
1: Staying Um, in Indiana for just a second, though, some breaking news out of Bloomington. Indiana has fired their offensive line coach and run game coordinator, Darren Hiller. So that sound you just heard. Is Hoosier fans cheering? They've been asking for this for multiple years now. So he's going to be replaced, at least in the interim, by former NIU and Temple coach Rod Carey, which wow. is a known Rod name. Carey. Oh, Rod Carey. Oh, that's a name that people yeah. know.
0: Okay. Um, wow. All right. Uh, you know, Indiana fans were complaining quite a bit about the play calling type last year. And they were correct because they've gotten a new offensive coordinator this year. And I, I, I know. The results aren't fantastic, but you can also tell a difference yeah. by watching Indiana last year compared to this year. They they have looked better. With that being said, I mean, how many times has Dustin Schutte alone said this is probably the worst offensive line in the I, Big Ten? I've been
1: saying it, too. Yeah. I think it is the worst one.
0: Yeah, so if you get a little bit of a pop there. And it was
1: the worst one probably last year. Yeah. And even when they were up and running and doing good things, their weakness was probably their raw offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I think this is probably a positive for the Hoosier program. And what you're telling me, Kurt, is that it is possible to make changes on an offense midseason? You, there's no rule that says you can't change things during the season. That's not a rule. You're... I'm, I'm almost positive. In fact, I mean, I think Indiana would be up for some sanctions if if <laughs> if some if that were the case, right? That's a good point. <laughs> if they don't get sanctioned, it's something to keep an eye on
0: for some of us uh, fans around the Big Ten. All right, man, got anything else before we jump into the games?
1: Well, we should probably note that our both of our voices are a little gravelly. Yeah. We, we got after it pretty good last night, I, I think. As I was waiting for my Uber
0: to come home because
1: I never drink and drive, that's
0: that's a bad thing to do. Um, I looked at you and our other Iowa buddies, and I'm like, we had a great time tonight in spite of what we had to sit through for the football contest, yeah. which... You, you enjoyed more than us, but we, we, we were all tortured souls for at least three hours there. A little bit. All right, jumping into the games. We had uh, 12 teams in action, six games, which meant we had two teams that were idle this week, which was Penn State and Minnesota. I forgot to mention that they most of the teams were idle last podcast. That always drives me nuts when I make that error. Uh, we had one game on Friday, October 7th. Nebraska fourteen. Rutgers 13, Nebraska with 304 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 348. So, hey, Nebraska won a Big Ten game. So, another another first for Nebraska. Did you see some of these listed? I haven't, but let's hear them. Okay, these were from a Nebraska account. So, the first time that Nebraska has won a one-score game okay. in 18 games. Okay. So, 18 previous uh, before that. First time winning... with a fourth quarter comeback in 31 games. that's the one that's, yeah. That was the one you were waiting for?
1: That's what I was waiting for.
0: First time winning consecutive Big Ten conference games in 39 games. First time they've
1: been in first place in their division in 68 games. Wow. Uh, that's, That's impressive, I guess. Maybe that's the wrong word. I was, so it just turned out, had a buddy in town, text me like last minute hey i'm at this bar downtown you want to meet me it's a nebraska bar so i ended up watching this game at a nebraska bar in downtown minneapolis which was a hell of an experience but i get there when Rutgers is up 13 nothing i swear you it might have well it might as well have been a national championship game the way the the nebraska fans i'm and i mean this is a positive every first down they were going nuts. Every yeah. catch, they were going nuts. And then here I'm sitting there thinking, well, they're down 13 nothing. These poor Nebraska fans are just, they're going to have their hearts broken. They, they can't come back from a 13 nothing deficit. That's not what this team does. And then one score, okay, it's going to be even more heartbreaking. They're going to lose by another one score game. And then they scored miraculously and then didn't give up another score. It was incredible. And the place went bonkers. Bonkers. Yeah. And it,
0: what would be interesting is if you had watched that, in, if if it was possible to watch that exact same game six years ago or something like that, perhaps when things weren't so low in Nebraska, yeah. to see if how much different it would be. I don't know for what, how they cheered each first down and touchdown. Is what I'm saying. I but. don't
1: know what would have been different.
0: I really don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, there's the game right there. I mean, I so I had uh, the under in this game. It easily hit, but. The first drive, the first time Rutgers gets the ball, it was almost the locks effect that you saw for Rutgers. They went right down the field on Nebraska's defense like a hot knife through through butter. and you're like, uh oh, but really if if you take that drive and, and and it happened, don't get me wrong, but just work with me here. But if you take that drive out of the game for the Nebraska defense, how well they played the rest of the game, That's two weeks now where a Bill Bush led Nebraska defense looks better. Their poop is getting in a groove. Okay. Like, and I, there's something there that Nebraska fans can point at
1: for sure. And it's not just, it's not just that they had a good game. They only gave up 13 yards. That shows me after the first series that they gave up a touchdown, they made adjustments adjustments, yeah. which is something that also is not illegal. You can do that.
0: It, It is legal. Um, um, yeah, it shows that they can make adjustments. Uh, it shows that they can come from behind that like when they are down, they're not out. I, I mean, I, I I think there were times very recently where when they were down, they got down, they were out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what's the difference? Obviously, it's easy to point to. There is a new dude with the headset on on the sideline. I, I mean, if, if it seems to be that they are taking direction from Mickey Joseph and they're not playing as wild and crazy, there are things that don't look as good, but overall, the tightness, the tightness of what you would want the team to look like, it definitely looks better.
1: It does look better. They didn't give up a point in the second half. However, they didn't score a point in the first half. And I think I'm a little disappointed with Kul whip right now because... Yeah. They've got too many weapons to, to be blanked going deep into this game.
0: Okay, I agree with you. Um, I, I think there are a lot of Nebraska fans that are not very impressed with what Mark Whipple right now either. I, I, I mean, I would say it's the overall feel of, of what the game plan looks like. But there are specific play calls, which obviously is a part of that, where you're just like, Whip, baby, what's what's she doing here? And, and and I think I saw a lot of Nebraska fans saying the same thing. I I mostly agree with you that there are weapons. However, in the running for that worst Big Ten offensive line in the Big Ten yep. with Indiana is Nebraska for sure as well. Like yep. it's it it was thin and struggling to begin with, and then they probably lost their best offensive lineman, so that's a big part of it. Um, Casey Thompson, pretty good day, 24-36, 232 yards, two touchdowns, also had two picks. But Trey Palmer is the MVP of the, the team, MVP of the season so far, four catches, 64 yards. The big go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter to take the lead. Right now, essentially, this is what I get of the offense. They're trying to use anything that works. Every now and then, they'll try to mix in the rushing attack, but yeah. it's, it's not there. It's
1: not there at all. I mean, 21 rushes as a team for 72 yards. The longest rush on the day was a 10-yard rush. Not
0: enough. The rushing attack post-frost does not look good. No. Yeah, I feel bad for Anthony Grant because... He was putting on an all-conference highlight reel. He was. Under Frost. It 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 is not there right now. Um, but what I was going to say is, don't know if there's an identity, but here is their identity at some point in the game. Let's find Trey Palmer. Yeah. And just see what happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Marcus Washington had a pretty good game. Travis Vocalick like, had a pretty good game. There's weapons out there. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? i just like him to take more advantage of it.
0: How about this for another thing that shows something's a little bit different? A blocked punt. So a special team's play that leads to them, you know, helping them win the game. Another thing that that demons are being exercised by Mickey Joseph.
1: They just need to harness that, that rushing attack and bring it back. Then they might have a solid team here. Potentially. I yeah. think there's still yeah. I want um, to point out Garrett Nelson. What a great game he had. Eleven tackles, uh, one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss.
0: Yep. He and he came down it was during the stretch, or the plays came down the stretch too. Uh with Rutgers, the quarterback play was was pretty brutal. Um they were both six of fifteen, yeah. which is a Saw unique that. little stat line. Um two hundred and thirty-three yards and three touchdowns are all from Simon. But no, three interceptions, not th- excuse, excuse me, three interceptions. Um, th- so those were all from Simon. Um, I contended that uh I thought I like Simon more than Rutgers fans. I might like him about as much as Rutgers fans <laughs> now. Um got but, news from a from a Rutgers insider. So Vedral was like kind of healthy. So essentially I think it's a hand injury. Okay. And his hand gets tired and has the inability to essentially squeeze the football for too long. Really? So basically, he can come in and look pretty good, but his hand wears down, and he fell apart, and that's why he went back out of the game, and Simon came back in.
1: No kidding. That's what was going on. Okay, I was wondering. Yeah. Because Noah is clearly the better quarterback. I I was – he he looked a lot better. <laughs> yes, it looks different
0: with him and, out there. And another point I'd like to make, quarterback or uh, Kurt – a change in quarterback also, also sometimes can make the same play <laughs> color and players around them make the offense look different. Is that
1: another one of those? There's no it's rule check. I don't it's not know. A, not I'm checking rule. into it. Okay. See if that's by have. the way, 14 punts in this game. Cool.
0: Yeah. There, it was the, it was the punt. It was the punt a thon that we were all promised for the Iowa Rutgers game actually happened. It's,
1: here. It's hard to have more than 14 punts in a game. And
0: I believe, speaking of, it was the first time that it was a touchback for Adam Korsak, I believe. Is are you stre- serious? Yes, it Was his, the
1: first time? It was
0: well. It was a streak of I don't know how okay, many okay. he had with, without okay. a touchback. Gotcha. But yeah. So that but a here, lot of
1: big things that happened we, in this game. We can pull up his his stats here. Seven punts, 293 yards, 41.9 average, and did have that one touchback. Five inside the twenty.
0: He had a nice day. Both he, punters did. Yeah. And. and Nebraska would not have won this game with their 2018, 19, 20, special teams. No, they would not have. They would have lost this Correct. game with those special teams. You know what? You know what? Another thing that 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 loses every time they take the field is this officiating crew that mm. did this game. Mm. They were the same crew that did Iowa, Michigan. Okay. Four offensive pass interferences. You, you might go a whole football season. Right without seeing much more than four offensive pass interference. There was four offensive pass interferences in this contest alone. It was was odd. And and we got more refereeing things to talk about because every fan base, I know it. I mean, me as an Iowa fan, I feel the same way sometimes. But we tend to think that it just happens to us. It's happening to multiple people, multiple football programs and teams and this this was another example of that Anyways, and I, th- I,
1: I thought that was worth mentioning well and and I will say it's not surprising that it happened in a Nebraska game they that, have just they have had the worst officiating if you look over the the history of our podcast which is our fifth season yes they have had the worst officiating crews in that in that five year period they are definitely in the team picture of the of, no of worst officiated. I think another
0: football program currently has the title for most egregious calls against them, which we'll get Cut. into. Uh, with the win, Nebraska moves to three and three, two and one in the Big Ten West. They are still tied for the top of the Big Ten West. Uh, with the loss, Rutgers falls to three and three. So just like last year, three wins to start the year, three wins right after that losses. So they also started yet yeah, last year three and three, went to three and three. Actually went to three and four last year. But I think overall, it's safe to say Rutgers is a better football team than, I I, I won't speak for you, than that I gave them credit for back in August.
1: Probably a little bit better than I gave them credit for as well. Okay. Moving into
0: yesterday, which was Saturday, October 8th. Purdue 31, Maryland 29. The Boilers with 374 yards of total offense to the Terps, three hundred. And eighty seven. I just want to say, Big Ten fans, I I tried to hint and make this the Big Ten game of the week. Had I had I had my druthers and not put it out to the vote, this would have been <laughs> the Big Ten game of the week. It was the Big Ten game of the week oh, as it, well.
1: It absolutely was the Big Ten game of the week. I guess you could say, going fairly deep into the game, it was it was a close game. That so that was good. Pretty yeah.
0: much all throughout is what you're saying.
1: Yep, there was there was a lot going on and pretty exciting. But then the fourth quarter happened and this thing went from like a five to a 10 instantly.
0: Yes, it did. Uh, Speaking, speaking of that, um, I I don't know how, how, how exciting it is, but um, also had money on this game as well. Um, Had the under at 59.5. They hit, they hit 60 points on the last touchdown. It It was an under all, uh, there was no scoring in the third quarter. I'm trying to pull it up. Um, um, so by the, like going into the middle of the fourth quarter, yeah, middle of the fourth quarter, yeah. it was still 17 to 17. Correct. And, and to try to give anybody an idea, seven to nothing, Maryland, then seven, three, then 10 to three, then 10, 10, then 17, 10, then 17, 10, then 17 to 17. That's how the first half went. We went the whole third quarter and into the fourth quarter without a point. And then the biggest play of the, the game happened. Which was Maryland scored a touchdown to go up twenty four to twenty seven, except for twenty
1: four to seventeen. Twenty
0: four tw- seventeen. Tw- excuse me. Yeah, it would have been except 20, yeah. that the PAT was blocked by a a great effort by the Purdue defender.
1: I, I might have I, been able to block it from there. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, that, it wasn't even close. He was. He almost just took it off the tee. I mean, he was a foot and a half into the 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 scrim- line of scrimmage, right? The f- beyond the, ball the- was snap. Yeah. So again, people that maybe
0: we're not setting this up for anybody that didn't see it, the PAT got blocked because a Purdue defender got a quote unquote great jump because he was early. Um, I have seen Purdue fans play videos to say that he just timed the snap up no perfectly wrong. Uh, Maryland fans right now are not accepting that video. I can assure you of that. Um, Maryland fans feel especially slighted right now. And they have three weeks in a row of three egregious penalties to point at this no call offsides block PAT, a pick six return versus, uh, uh, last week that didn't wind up making any difference in the game, so to speak and then the phantom interception for Michigan the week before that's 3 weeks in a row locks had the infamous comments about when we get good we'll get the calls in this case getting the call might have helped them on the process of getting good yeah. this was a
1: this was a big play in the game oh it was a huge play he was fired up i just i think it's interesting that right after he made that public declaration that he gets screwed again. Like he's he's in the limelight now for calling out the refs and, and they know that, and they screw him with everyone's eyes on him.
0: You had the same thought I did, which is maybe all these years that, you know, Kirk Ferentz has not publicly shouted down Big Ten officiating, maybe there's a reason behind that. Because you know if you do it publicly, do they, these crews are human beings too, do yeah. they take it personally? Right. It's just, I don't know. So it, I I loved the ballsiness of locks to make the comments. I did too. But at the same time. May not may not be the best thing to do. Now, Purdue fans listening would be screaming at us right now. I would assume saying, hey, did you know we actually scored a, again in the game? And they did. They scored a, a, a touchdown, which could have been to, to tie it up 24-24. Then with very few moments left on the clock, they're driving down the field. Payne Durham seemingly drags half of the Maryland defense with him for incredible like effort. 25 yards down the field to get uh close to the goal line they did everything they could to take time off the clock they wound up scoring that put him up 31 to 23. Maryland still has a chance. There's only like a
1: minute by the way just
0: over a minute left in the game.
1: I kind of liked how they were managing the clock at the end, but I would have I would have taken another down. I wouldn't have tried for a touchdown on the third down, I don't I think. I think you're right. Yeah, cuz you could have bled it down to about 30 seconds, 30 to 40 seconds and maybe also scored a touchdown. Maybe, but
0: you, but you don't know if you score the touchdown. No, okay? you don't. Then then it's only a field goal that you need. Well, no, they would have, oh, no, they they would, have been up by right. f- four, but a well, touchdown sh- a touchdown gets you beat on, on, in and of itself. There's a big difference between six points beats you, and six points and a two-point conversion ties you. Yeah. Okay. So they definitely wanted to score a touchdown there. I saw people yes. debating this. No, I so get they definitely that. wanted to score a touchdown, and one would think your defense which has not just looked good all day. It's looked good all year. And uh, Maryland had
1: no timeouts left either.
0: Correct. You would think that would be enough of, of, of situations on your side to keep Maryland out. They went right down the field on that play. They sure did. And then to add insult to injury, score the two-point conversion to make it 31-31 to 31 and put it into overtime,
1: except... Except there's a, a flag. Which was a legit flag, though.
0: It was a legit flag. And that, me making the comment, like, I'm sorry, Maryland's Turp fans, but that is the correct call. And if people didn't see me complaining about the before that, I would understand where they were coming from. I got, I got hell from Hell in a Shell, who later apologized. (laughs) He did apologize. (laughs) That was great. Um, But. It's insult it's insult to injury and and the, the the comment being made, which I don't even think I disagree with is like, don't you think they owed us one? And to, be, to be honest with you, they were owed a makeup call.
1: They really were
0: at least let them get it into overtime. They really were yeah at home that would have been the right thing to do. <laughs> would, would <laughs> right? it not have been? I
1: mean it, it was the right call, but it would have been better just to let it go. But did the crew go a few locks? Maybe, by the way, I got to read. It's not like these teams weren't trying to run the ball. They were putting in the effort. Purdue had 34 carries for 13 yards in the game. Maryland had 25 carries for 72 yards. It was just ineptitude trying to run the football. So,
0: Okay, now, to me, there were inconsistencies with both offenses. I really believe that both defenses brought energy to this game. Like, There's no way you could see Maryland and Purdue playing just a couple years ago and then watch Maryland and Purdue play now and not be able to point out tangible improvements on both sides, on both defenses for both teams.
1: For sure. I mean, you got to give some credit to the defenses.
0: Got to give some credit to Aiden O'Connell, too. 30 of 41, 360 yards, two touchdowns, did have the bad pick, but as important as anything – He had the huge game-winning drive to to take the lead, twenty-four to Mm twenty-three. Another drive after that, so the stats wound up getting really kind of uh, popped up with uh, uh, that day. Payne Durham, seven catches, one hundred nine yards, and a touchdown. Another stat to point out for Purdue's offense: DS has been saying somebody else other than Charlie Jones has got to do things on offense for this Mm -hmm. and. they did because Charlie Jones only had three catch three catches for 15 yards. Yep. His first team all of America all American candidacy took a hit yesterday with that stat line. So
1: yeah, and and just pointing out some performances by Maryland Talia Tungvailoa. He had a pretty good game 315 yards, three touchdowns, and pick. Corey Deiches, four catches, 160 yards, and two big touchdowns there
0: with that big bomb at the end of the first half. Um, now that we have uh, explicitly talked about. How bad the officiating was to Maryland. Maryland self-inflicted wounds are bad. Like Locks, I see you getting mad on the sideline, but I'm I'm still pointing at you, brother. Like there, that that is the consistency, the the one consistent that we've seen with Maryland since Locks has been there has been Locksley, right? Yeah. So when team flags and and just in like. Like really, self-inflicted. There's a, there's a better word I could use. Okay. Like things that could be avoided. There are there are some penalties that happen in the heat of the moment type of stuff, or holding calls, or whatever. Yep. These are just dumb things that they're doing.
1: Nine penalties, seventy six yards. It's- and they're
0: and they're, they're they're not nine iffy penalties. They're nine killer penalties. Yeah, right. One of them handed uh, Purdue a touchdown. Um, and then Purdue turned the ball over three times. They're not exactly the cleanest looking football team yep. ever but how did it mix together it mixed together to make one heck of an enjoyable game i
1: was that game was the last half of the fourth quarter was just bonkers like i i,
0: I just was texting people are you watching this are you watching this, this incredible. is incredible by the way second time that's happened for purdue where they went into the fourth quarter with the game completely under the game total that's right and then an explosion in the second half that they pull out of their
1: keister just like syracuse wow that is amazing and, and didn't to be think- a
0: certain degree Penn State, but obviously yeah. Penn State came away with the win. Purdue moves to four and two. I think they should be ranked later today. The rankings are not out yet, to my knowledge.
1: Oh yeah, they are actually. Are they? I don't know that. I don't think Purdue made it. They Illinois snuck in with the AP at twenty four. You're kidding me. But not the coaches. <laughs> Thanks, coaches. Yeah.
0: Okay. Purdue's got to be close though. So um, let me say this: if they were in the SEC, they would be ranked. I mean, the fact that that Florida was ranked yesterday just to watch Tennessee depants them. That was or uh, LSU excuse me was ranked yesterday just to see uh, Tennessee depants them. you know Florida I, it wouldn't surprise me to see if Florida snuck into the polls that they get into the coaches and and AP.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm. looking right now. Let's. I want to. I want to find this. So okay. And then
0: with the loss, Maryland falls to four and two. Had Maryland won that game, they would, of course, been five and one. I think they would have been ranked for sure. They should have been ranked at some point in the season. Okay. As well. Here,
1: here's the AP. Uh, Purdue is not ranked in the AP poll.
0: But Illinois is. Illinois is at twenty four. Is is, is uh, um, Florida the Gators? Are they ranked? Florida
1: Gators are not ranked. Really? No. Okay.
0: All right. That's encouraging. Yeah, no. Okay, cool. All right, well, we'll get to that's a That's a stat nugget for your uh, fighting Illini that we'll talk about here for in sure. a little bit. Next game up, Michigan 31, Indiana 10. The Wolverines with 469 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers 222. So you look at the stats and you look at the final score and you say, yep, that's what that's supposed to look like. Yeah. Except that it did not. Um the, the, the Wolverines were on the struggle bus a lot during this game. Woke up when they needed to, got the win. Don't get me wrong, they deserve credit. But it, it was th- our our friend Dustin Shooty, he, he pointed out I I believe it was on the podcast that um Bloomington can sometimes have this effect on people where um At an 11 o'clock kickoff, maybe things aren't as electric in the stadium as they may be in in other Big Ten stadiums. And because of that lack of electricity, you also have a lack of electricity. I don't think it's a crazy conspiracy theory theory to say that's kind of what we got yesterday.
1: No, it's not crazy. Um, They've even done this at times to Ohio State where, you know, Ohio State's up and running. They get to Bloomington and just suddenly kind of derail for at least, you know, part of the game, a half, maybe even three quarters. They This was a fight pretty deep into this game. Deep into the game. um, We went to halftime, tied 10-10. to Michigan
0: jumped out 17-10, but that's the score we went into in the fourth quarter. So this is a one-touchdown game into the fourth quarter, and then Michigan kind of just outclassed them from there on out. Another place where Michigan outclassed the Hoosiers. This was something that DS pointed out for... What would concern him as a Hoosier fan, which was that Michigan front seven versus the Indiana offensive line uh, that we already talked about. Mm. Here's some stats that will get you sacked. <laughs> How about that? huh? Pretty good. <laughs> if you're an old line coach. Pretty good. They gave up seven sacks and ten tackles for losses.
1: Well, and I'll, I'll take a step further. They rushed 25 times for 19 yards in this game. That's That gets you fired. It's it's bad. Get, get you sacked. <laughs>
0: that'll, that'll get you sacked. Uh, another guy who is having a great year, Blake Corum, 25 carries, 124 yards. Wound up be, being an emotional game for him yesterday. Saw this from a Michigan fan on Twitter. Again, I don't have the person to give him credit for. I'm sorry. Uh, but the most recent running backs to win the Heisman are Mark Ingram and Derek Henry. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Through six games. Uh, the carries, almost the same for all of them. Okay. Mark In- Ingram, 659 yards. Derrick Henry, 645. Blake Corum, 735. No kidding. Touchdowns. Mark Ingram, 7. Derrick Henry, 10. Blake Corum, 11.
1: Wow. No he kidding. He is officially
0: having a Heisman Trophy level season.
1: He sure is. And what, I like seeing this. Anytime you have a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, and a 100-yard receiver, you're doing
0: something right. You got uh, you got the triumvirte going on there. I always think of the Dallas Cowboys when I think of that. That's like the first time I'm like, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, you know, with, I don't know. I um, J.J. McCarthy looked good. He looked like he took another step up, I believe, where he kind of realized he had to do something for his team in order to will him to victory. Three touchdowns, did have the one pick. Uh, Ronnie Bell is the receiver you were talking about 11 catches for 121 yards so overall it's pretty much what we expected in the game took a lot longer to get there than what we had thought it would
1: yeah and this is probably just that your typical uh, example of a team that is good and is deep and playing a team that's not that good and not very deep and by the time you get the fourth quarter things just start turn in their direction. It's
0: kind of the the return to the law of averages or whatever that you've, that you've talked about before. That's what we saw. I thought Connor Bazelak honestly looked about as good as he could. 203 yards, a touchdown, a pick, especially when you factor in the absolute lack of any options in the rushing attack. That just puts more pressure on, and the old, old line I'm just saying, like, Connor Bazelak does deserve credit for sticking in there and just throughout the year and then in this game
1: as well. Okay, this is weird. So if you take Counter Basalix rushes out of it, seven rushes move, remove those, they only had 18 carries for the rest of the team. I don't even it's not like they were playing from behind and had to throw the ball all the time. I, I'm not even sure that they know what they want to do offensively.
0: Okay, I'm I'm with you and I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, watching that game, there was never any point where you really thought them rushing the ball was going to wind up being a successful play and my guess is with the combination of their offensive line going against that front 7 they probably thought the same thing.
1: Yeah, apparently Sean Chiber's only had 7 carries for 25 yards on the day.
0: Yep. With the win, Michigan moves to 6 and 0 with the loss, Indiana drops to 3 and 3, our second team which has started with a three-game winning streak and followed it up with a three-game losing streak. The Eyes on Big podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels this Double barrel agent technique creates unique characteristics in each barrel that produce one-of-a-kind whiskeys. Amador is made to be sipped neat or is perfect for classic bourbon cocktails. Just like your favorite go-to Big Ten football podcast, Amador is the go-to whiskey this football season. Don't forget to hashtag Ask for Amador. And check out our new website and finder options so you can find Amador near you at www.amadorwhiskeyco.com. Amador Whiskey. Born in Kentucky, raised in California, moving into to the afternoon here. Woo! This was a shocker. We had this on TV, too, but not for very much longer after that, as there was no need to really watch this game. Wisconsin, 42, Northwestern 7. The Batchers with 515 yards of total offense.
1: To the Wildcats, 342. You know what this is called? This is called a get-right game. That was a get-right game with a new coach. With a new coach, after having that bad loss against Illinois, this is what you want. You want to go in and you want to beat hell out of somebody. So
0: this is the story of the game and the question of the game, okay? It only took that performance for me to see Wisconsin fans <laughs> coming a little bit out of the woodwork sure. and saying, and, okay, it's just one game. And what we're getting at here is Paul Christ was obviously famously let go a week ago, and uh, it it's been a tumultuous week in Wisconsin. Um, the question Ds and I had was: Will the emotional week help them or hurt them? Who knows? Um, there were uh, uh, players that publicly expressed that they were ticked off that Chris was like Braylon Allen was one of them, absolutely. And there was more in the press conference this yep. week. Uh, you then DS and I tried to set it up like, okay, now if they lose this game and if they want to make Jim Leonard their dude, if he can't beat a a struggling Northwestern, that would have been huge. Oh yeah, but that was any concerns of that happening were over. I really think by the second offensive possession.
1: You of know Wisconsin. who who may not be upset that Chris is gone? Shimray DK. Wow, what a game he had. 10 catches, 185 yards, and three touchdowns. We haven't seen that from a Badger wide receiver in quite some time.
0: He got that big DK energy that was going it, on he Saturday that. afternoon. Another person that maybe isn't too upset with how things are Graham Mertz, 20 of 29, 299 yards, five, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns without a pick. You have to go all the way back to, coincidentally, his Illinois, his yes. debut yes. versus Illinois yep. in the 2020 season. Yep. To see somebody performing like that, he is a cur- his performance like that. He's a
1: curious dude, isn't he? I mean, he, he is a curious. <laughs> he, he can because he can look like that. He can, and then and, he can look the opposite of that.
0: And when he steps into it, it's a good-looking ball. Oh yeah, he throws a good ball. So, do you think there's the question is is it because of the change in attitude and coaching, or is it because they went? Against Northwestern.
1: I'm thinking the latter.
0: I think it's a little of both, but I'm, if there was like a sliding scale, I, I would slide it towards the, the opponent. Are
1: you, you really can't look better than this. Let's be honest. They, they were 10 of 14 on third down. You already mentioned 515 yards. They were over 300 yards passing. They almost had 200 yards rushing. Uh, they dominated time of possession. They didn't have any turnovers. They turned Northwestern over three times. They they almost did nothing wrong in this game.
0: It it was it looked like a you know, again, Brett Bulma got things rolling level of Wisconsin football when they played
1: an inferior opponent. Absolutely and and uh, I mentioned it with Michigan almost the same thing here. Grammerstad at 299 yards. So tackling not 300, but they had a 100-yard rusher, 100-yard receiver too. And I had said
0: the the benchmark, the the badger line, if you will, mm-hmm. is are they is their offense going against a defense that will allow them a rushing attack? If it does, okay. the whole thing takes off yeah. from there. Yeah. Yeah. I felt confident that Wisconsin would be able to run the ball. They did. I mean, Braylon Allen, 23 carries, 185 yards. He looked like the 18-year-old uh, or 17-year-old Braylon Allen. He did. Yesterday. So, on the other side, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. Um, Ryan Halinski, he had 22 passing attempts, only went 10 of 22 at two picks. So, then they tried Brendan Sullivan. He looked a little bit better, 11 of 17, 114 yards and a touchdown. But that's that was kind of... When the game was decided, you know, soft, soft situation for the defense for Wisconsin defense. A guy named Carl Richardson threw two uh, passes in the game as well, but overall, twenty-seven carries for seventy-nine yards, and mm-hmm. they garnered zero sacks and two tackles for loss. Oh. This the front seven for Northwestern. It's it has been consistently on the struggle bus.
1: I mean, the, you, at this point, you have to say what. What would you say you do here to the Northwestern defense? And I can't even believe I'm saying that. It, it is
0: just happening too much for for you not to question it. Like, and Kurt and I are both aware, as Iowa and Illinois fans, that we are not copacetic with the plight of the Wildcats, but there is not a sympathetic eye to be found to look at this defense and point out what
1: they're doing well. They're going to have to make big changes in the offseason. I was... Pretty confident that when Hankwitz left, it's still a Pat Fitzgerald defense. I thought they would be okay. I was wrong. I I think Hankwitz had way more to do with that defense than anybody realized. And how
0: much him coordinating the defense fit in with the the, the entire team? Perfect. Th- then 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 they fit. they played more complementary football on the offensive side of the ball. Now what's happening is they get down fourteen to nothing and it's happened multiple times in the season, or they just give up too many points, then they have to start reaching into their bag of tricks on offense that they don't want to reach into. It's a bag that they want to keep you know, sealed up and closed up and not touch, but when they have to do that, it just doesn't work out well, for them.
1: speaking of the bag of tricks, this is not the trick you want. Brendan Sullivan was their leader in terms of carries and yards, 10 carries, 33 yards. Evan Hull only had nine carries for 13 yards in the game. Not going to win any games like
0: that. There literally is just nothing positive to talk about with what happened for Northwestern yesterday. Unfortunately, with the win, Wisconsin moves to three and three, one and two in the Big Ten out of the cellar. With the loss, Northwestern falls to one and five. With that one win being, they haven't won on U.S. soil yet. Is no, way they have not. Of that is that. true. Next up, kind of what we expected here: Ohio State forty-nine, Michigan State. 20, the Buckeyes with 614 yards of total offense to the Spartans, 202. Um, The Buckeyes had more yards total than Iowa and Illinois total in the game and just short of the total yards in the Rutgers uh, Nebraska game.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times I feel like because it's Ohio state, because of CJ Stroud, because they get so much attention already. We, we try to focus on other things, but I'm just going to sit here and talk about CJ Stroud and what he did yesterday. 21 of 26, 361 (laughs) yards, six touchdowns did throw the one pick, but my goodness, clearly the best player in the league. He's incredible. And what's interesting
0: about that pick, that was the first interception for the Spartans secondary, the whole defense, this entire year. How ironic that it comes against C.J. Stroud, who yeah. doesn't throw interceptions. Right. And they returned it for a touchdown. That's how Michigan State got its points there, or got seven of its 20 points there. Um, it, it's just like when you watch Ohio State on offense, and they will run the ball successfully by the way mm-hmm. and then they'll kind of dink it and Ryan is like now's the time to take a shot I-, I swear to god they hit that shot 9 out of 10 times
1: yeah they're
0: we're talking like yeah. 25 plus yards down the field throwing the ball sure it might as well be 4 yards down the field and that's how consistently cj stroud hits it correct and, and and like don't tell me quarterback play doesn't matter okay this would still be a great team With their backup quarterback, don't get me wrong. But C.J. Stroud, and I think we've said it on this podcast, he not only hits the right receiver, he hits them in stride. Yes, correct.
1: It is, he is freakishly accurate. Pinpoint accuracy. Remember we used to brag about how great Fields' accuracy? His is better. Stroud is more accurate than Fields' is. Statistically more accurate. I'm just saying, if you watch him, he can put the ball wherever he wants.
0: And they're not... They're not the easiest throws they ask no. him to do. These no. are well-conceived plays where he's got to, I don't know, drop it over a linebacker and in front of the safety. Like, it takes an Correct. accurate throw. He delivers almost every single time. And he's, like, hard on himself. When he throws a pick or he's incomplete, sure. he, I mean, he's ticked off. This is a guy that wants to perfect his craft. and He's hes getting damn close to perfecting the the, the craft. Team rushing, by the way. 46 carries, 237
1: yards. It's wow. a 5.2-yard average. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot to criticize here. I've been questioning their defense a little bit.
0: And I kind of questioned you back when I, you were questioning their I defense. know. I was
1: watching their defense. And I'm like, okay, they're pretty good. The defense the, is. They're pretty good. Mike Hall Jr. had a great game. Two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. He looks really disruptive. They, they've got great players. Obviously, we knew that. But I think they're also kind of coming into form.
0: And I think they're still ticked. Yeah, there, there there seems to be an edge about this team. Maybe one of the edges about them is that they are consistently ranked below Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, and and I have I'm not saying I've watched every snap of those teams, but I'm telling you, man, Ohio State is the best, most complete football team in America. You'll you'll probably slap me when I say this for my silliness, but. I hope the college football playoff committee has the brains about them to, when they do their first rankings, to make Ohio State number one. If things keep looking the way they are in the sure. next couple weeks, obviously it'll take that.
1: There's no reason that shouldn't happen. I don't Except think that they
0: point. didn't start number one Correct. to start that's, the year. Correct. That's
1: it. That's the only reason.
0: This is the best football team in America. It's the
1: best one I've seen.
0: I mean, I think their offense, and by the way, JSN has. Barely played a snap
1: this season. I know. Isn't that crazy? So like. They're going to be better at some point. I I think they could. (laughs) And I think their defense could get a little bit better. Yes, they could. For sure. I I expect their defense to keep getting better. So
0: I think you can make an argument that everything is better than last year. Oh, As good or better. I think so. And they won. you know, they went 11-2. and And I'm I'm just like. The other thing, too, is I think it was pretty obvious that Ryan Day had a goal set out that he wanted to be a more physical team. mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. they're there oh they're they're definitely a more physical team um and here's a little proof of that so if you subtract Peyton Thorne's seven carries for minus 23 yards they the Michigan State rushing attack had 13 carries for 30 yards on the day and I mean that nobody could do anything Elijah Collins two carries nine yards Broussard three carries eight yards Berger five carries seven yards Simmons two carries six yards nobody could do anything there was nowhere to go I had to
0: I think, did you just say their team rushing 20 carries for seven yards? When yeah, you total. In, when you factor in sacks. When you
1: factor in the sacks, it's 20 carries for seven yards, yep.
0: Um, poor Peyton Thorne. I don't know what else to say. Um, It's another offensive line that is trying to find itself, shall we say. Fair. Uh, he, he had no rushing attack or time to throw. You know what typically happens when those things happen? You don't have a very good day at the office. No,
1: and Jane Reed did okay. Yep. Four, four catches had a touchdown, but there just wasn't a whole lot was there for the taking.
0: The the taking was being took by Ohio State on that defense yep. all day long. Like it just, you just never, you never had faith that Michigan State was ever going to get Ohio State off the field. Nope. With the win, Ohio State moves to six and zero. Oh. With the loss, Sparty falls to two and four. Next up, the last game of the day, the Big Ten game of the week, which was the 2022 Ice Bowl. Illinois nine, Iowa six. The Illinois with three hundred and sixteen yards of total offense to the Hawks two hundred and twenty-two. So let's talk about Illinois. Okay, and we're gonna talk about Iowa. Okay, then we'll finish up with Illinois. That's that's the little outline of what. Fair. Um. So the first thing I want to say is you did it. We recorded the podcast long enough. For Illinois to beat Iowa, I'm shaking your hand. All right, yep, yep. Congratulations. It,
1: thank you, sir. Thank you very much. First uh, victory over Iowa since 2008. Yes, and I believe it's eight consecutive losses to yep. Iowa. They didn't
0: play every single year since 2008. Correct. Yes,
1: and as Dustin Schutte pointed out, he had that little that quick quiz for you. How, on, what did you think of that? It That's was fine. it was great. I I had heard that. Okay. That it's the this would be the first time, and it is the first time that they've beaten both Wisconsin and Iowa in the same season since 1989 and if you're not a lineup fan that 89 team is probably the best team best team of my lifetime most talented for sure most talented and they were nine and two i believe regular season their two losses where they got routed by a really good colorado team and then they lost to michigan in a really close game and if i recall that 89 michigan team was really really good too so that if those are your two losses that's a damn good team and it, jeff george was the quarterback so i mean i think on paper that team was probably better than any of their like the eighty three championship team, the two thousand one championship team. So that is saying something to go back that far.
0: It is. Another thing is if you had a old enough Illinois fan, which I might be sitting across the table from, if you if you look at those successful Illinois teams of your lifetime, eighty nine, uh two thousand one, two thousand four, I'm doing this off the 2001, top of two thousand one, two thousand seven. But is this the game the team that you're having the most fun? watching there's some recency bias in there obviously yeah but yeah illinois football fan i i bet you i picked up 60 illinois football fan yeah followers on twitter this week that I, thought, that I didn't know existed is it
1: more fun i would say yeah it probably is because it's been so long it's just been such a drought uh, and i always go back to this i always say that 1999 is one of my favorite Illini years because they were so bad in the years leading up to it but they were only bad for like three years now we're we're looking at you know twenty years of just awful football, so in ninety nine they finished eight and four and it was just fun like it was unexpected. Oh my gosh, it's the same feeling that I have right now, but probably even more so. And that's why I wanted to ask you the question.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I picked I picked Illinois at seven and five preseason. You did, and it's, I'm gonna it, looking like I'm gonna be pretty light on that prediction. Maybe. So I thought I expected Illinois to look better, which and mostly what I was going off of was Pick Six previews game grader. On how much better Illinois looked yeah. their first four games to their next four games to their last four games last year. How they looked in those last four games last year has, has carried over into the entire season
1: this and, year. And another thing that I'll point out is if you go back to some of those good Illinois teams of, of the 80s and 90s, they did it with defense. It started with defense. And they're doing it. That's what they're, how they're winning games right now. There's absolutely no
0: doubt. I mean, the comment that I made that I, I, I'm curious on your reaction, where I said, you know, if you look at the film, and I know I don't technically have film, I just rewatch the games, but yep. I've re- I have watched and rewatch or rewatched every single Illinois game this year. And then if you look at the statistics, I don't know how you can say that Illinois is not a good football team unless you are just saying they're not a good football team simply because it has Illinois written across the front of the correct.
1: Because if you watch them and this I'll mention Jeremy Warner. he's, he's been doing this basically weekly now um, updating us on where they stand in the FBS defensively. So there's 131 FBS teams, right? Illinois, number one in scoring defense, number one in pass efficiency defense, number two in total defense, number three in rushing defense, number nine pass defense, number nine sacks, number 10 interceptions. That's, is a good defense.
0: And then the only thing that stinks about it is then immediately people start looking at your defensive coordinator for head coaching jobs. Of course. So it'd be I'd be it's a little nerve-wracked on how long you're gonna have well, him on the well, sidelines.
1: To be honest with you, you know, I I'm I'm feeling the same things for Bielema. If he's doing this good, someone's gonna come knocking. See now I think Bielema, he's not old, okay, but he's old
0: and maybe not the overall appealing turn your program around picture character of a coach that you maybe would want. Maybe. So I, I think you have got a decent chance of a beetle sticking around. He's, I sure hope and so. And he's home too. He is home. I mean, yeah. He didn't, he didn't grow up an Illinois fan. He, he's probably spent more time being a fan of the team on, that was on the opposite side of the field. But,
1: um, so maybe we but he is home. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do this to bum out line of fans, but what about Iowa?
0: I've heard that thrown out there as well. It's hard for me to think that's how it would go down, but I I don't think I don't think it would go down like that. I'm just talking about the seismic shifts of things that would have to happen for that to go down. I just I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm just, not saying he wouldn't be a viable candidate for the job. Sure, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm just saying all the things that need to happen to happen. I don't see it. Don't see it. So Chase I, Brown, I mean, against that Iowa defense, 31 carries, 146 yards. Four point seven yard average. His longest run was twenty three yards, that I think was in like the fourth quarter. Yeah, they
1: were doing a good job bottling him I, up. I, and I kept thinking he was going to pop one, but it just never happened.
0: Never happened. Um, but at the same time, him and his talent is what got even six yard runs to happen. See, some been, of his,
1: some of his six yard runs were amazing
0: yesterday. I, I, I've said that. I said exactly that. That's one of his best traits as a running back. Which, by the way. Is probably as much as anything that will that will uh, uh, push for show a sign for him to be a great NFL back because that's what they want at an NFL back. Yeah. they don't expect NFL gap backs to to bust runs very often. I think that's what he he just looks fantastic. The Illinois defense five sacks, eleven TFLs oh, in man. this game. Um, Tommy DeVito, by the way, six of 11 went out of the game.
1: Do you know? It, so it's, it sounds like not a season ending injury. It was a reaggravation of an existing injury, kind of turned his ankle weird. It doesn't, it, I think there's a chance he plays next week. Okay. We
0: All don't, right. we not don't season know season ending, long story short. No,
1: I, I, it wasn't a severe injury. I'll say, and even same with Isaiah Williams, who by the way, had the worst game of his career in this game, but he left the game. It sounds like that's not season ending either. Okay.
0: Uh, and then in came our our old friend, Art Sikowski, 13 of 19, 74 yards and interception. He didn't look good, but I will say he did just enough to help get Illinois into field goal range to win the game on the, on the kick.
1: Yeah, he did. He did. You're right. That's a good point. That's a great point you make. He did not look good, but he was part of, of the win.
0: I'm just saying, uh, if you have a bad, bad quarterback, he's not great. He's just, serviceable if he was less than serviceable this probably goes into overtime at six to six yeah and there
1: there wasn't a whole lot of offense to talk about in this game but again I've been talking up the Illinois wide receiver room and I Brian Hightower showed up again five catches for 68 yards not a huge day but just another weapon I think you can count on in that wide receiver room they got four guys I can real that I feel really confident in and another positive you
0: have said uh, eventually the special teams will get you they, they
1: did their job. Oh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to point out that Hugh Robertson actually had a pretty solid game here. Six punts, 249 yards, 41.5 average, and four inside of the 20.
0: He did good. He and looked great. And you're place kicking. Place
1: kicking. Good. And starting He's, place kicker ah. is injured. This is the backup. And he looked pretty good. He was three of three, right? Yeah, three of three on field goals.
0: And I think maybe I would have rather had the first guy in there because I don't think he makes... One or maybe even two of those field goals. Like he has, he had looked shaky to me, and maybe it was correct. the injury. I don't know. Okay, switching over to Iowa. So I'm going to make a couple statements, and I that I'm curious on your take as a non-Iowa fan. But the defense is great, correct? Elite. The the special teams are really really good.
1: I would also say probably elite or okay. close to it.
0: In watching the Iowa and Michigan game, and in watching the. Uh, Iowa-Illinois game. And in all honesty, you could say the same thing of watching the Iowa-Puke-Iowa State game. In all three of those games, to me, this is what I'm seeing out of the defense. Elite play, amazing, just overall defensive prowess, but they just wear down because they're out in the field.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, the, the offense is supposed to score. That's how the game is supposed to go. If you're only giving up nine points... You you you're doing your job. You're doing well beyond your job, but yes, at some point you're going to give up points. No matter how, because like you say,
0: it it is the goal of the offense. (laughs) That's that's that is why
1: people go to football games. (laughs) But it's even the, the game is literally set up so that you there is scoring. They want scoring, right?
0: Okay. So what we are getting at, obviously, is that cause I, I'm getting a this is my one defense mechanism I have left with this team is people are comp- saying the defense isn't that good. And oh, it's that Iowa fans is that too. is bullshit. OK, that is BS.
1: absolute bullshit. I,
0: I think it is, too. Thank you. So that's I, the other side is you go. You talk about the Iowa offense. What 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 do you want to
1: say? Well, I, I said it weeks ago. You got to make changes, major changes and make them now. You got to nuke them and you got to nuke them now. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you got to get Peters
0: out of there. You have to. Okay, Again, it's this, time. Is, this is for, for, for the new listeners. This is the Illinois guy with his neutral set of eyeballs that's watched okay. millions of hours of college football. I, I, I mean, I just, obviously it's a little bit harder for a rival fan to sit and, and pick out Offensive line play. The offensive line has got issues. Do not get me wrong. Our, our offensive line coach should be on the hot seat. Okay, I agree with that. With that being said, there are
1: available plays that are there that are called. And, and when I mean, when you, you kept pointing it out last night. You're like, another quarterback would have made that play. Another quarterback would have avoided that sack. It. You said it probably five, six times last night. And by the way, uh, five sacks for the line of defense. Correct. So, are all of those
0: sacks going away with a mobile quarterback? No. But let's say he avoids two of those sacks, and on one of those avoidable sacks, he makes a 30-yard run. Right. The, you're trying to tell me in a
1: game like this that doesn't change the game? I mean, the, the margins were razor thin in this game. Any one play could have changed this game. Help. Petrus wound up having a long rush in this game, and
0: the four of us in the room were like, what just happened? Like yeah. we couldn't believe it, and I just everybody is asking the same question: How can it look worse by going to a different quarterback? What is it that you are holding onto? I no player is bigger than the program. What is
1: going on? I'm trying to think of a worse situation where you had poorer quarterback play than this, like, and they they didn't change the quarterback. When, when when have you seen the quarterback play this bad without at least just that, throwing the guy in there just for a series?
0: Like, and and there's some Iowa fans that are getting to the point where they're saying, at this point, I feel bad for Petrus. It's not his fault. I I get it. Yes. And his comments after the game, I'm telling you, I, any company would be happy to hire this kid yeah. when he's done. He's freaking amazing. I, I, I The kid, I'm, I love, but like the the athletic... Ability to move and avoid sacks is it's as it's as bad as I've ever seen. Yeah, and, I, and you're go and he's doing it behind an offensive line that they're just struggling, which is just another reason to put a more mobile guy. Absolutely, and, and especially when you have two of them behind. Both of the quarterbacks behind him are are, are more mobile.
1: You have to at least just see what it looks like.
0: Sam La- Sam Laporta nine catches one hundred yards. He was, tight end, he, he was great. I all in all, honesty, Lashawn Williams did not look horrible running the ball at times. The rushing stats are not good. Don't get me wrong, and mm-hmm. they were made worse by by the the sacks by Petrus. But like, if if you could just get a semblance of of a balanced attack, where you feel like there is something to respect out of the Iowa throw game, even if that thing is respecting is. This quarterback likes to get out of the pocket and run. You have to respect
1: that. Yep, for sure. They're getting the wide receivers a little bit involved. Mika again; had seven catches, only forty-six yards. And then Arlen Bruce is the only other wide receiver to catch it, but that's better than what they've been doing.
0: Yeah, it is. And I, I mean, we still don't know what's going on with Keegan Johnson. Um, I was really hoping. I, I don't know if you remember. I kept saying, "Take a shot at Brack. Take a shot to Brack." He's the Yep. Tall, lanky wide receiver that Iowa fans are really exciting about. Never happened. Um, and I know part of it is they're so r- risk-adverse for, for turnovers. But yep. Iowa dominated the turnover stat line. I think it was 3-1. Three 3-1 to, three one. to one was the – yep. So we only turned the ball over once. Um, uh, of course, it was a Petrus interception. But, like, my point is how many games do you have to lose? How bad does the offense have to look – When you are winning the turnover ratio and you're still not winning games. Right. They didn't turn the ball over versus Michigan either. did not help them. Like at some point you have to
1: take a, you know what they need to do the opposite.
0: They do. They need to costanza this thing.
1: Yeah. Maybe try, try a little fishing tournament. (laughs) (laughs) So by the way, I wanted to mention this too. Johnny Newton. It wasn't his best game, but seven total tackles. He had two and a half tackles for loss. I'm going to say something kind of bold. This is my hot take of the day. Johnny Newton is the best player on the Illinois team.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Juice Newton. Yes. Okay. All right. With the win, Illinois moves to 5-1. and one. With the loss, Iowa drops to 3-3. Three and three. So you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to go on a rant to say, rank them, you wussies. Yeah. But I- the AP, at least, did. This now ends the longest yes. streak of, of FBS current without having a ranked team, Illinois pa- Power ge- Five. Power Five for Power me.
1: Five teams. Thank you. Longest drought of being unranked, and it goes back to 2011, and so that's a 11 year, you know, monkey off of the back finally, and so I think Rutgers is now on the hook Rutgers for the longest is now, unranked. Okay, so we went streak. from one
0: Big Ten team to the other. Yep.
1: Dude, it's it's. Uh, I was
0: I was early in. Talking about how Beatle would 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 help this program look a lot better. I thought he would have a Shiano effect. He's had a Shiano effect
1: plus more yeah. on them. I mean, I knew it would look better. I just I, I couldn't have ever dreamed that it would look this good. Um, and, and well, I mean, they always scored nine points, but still, it looked good. Right. Um it to, looks the, good.
0: to the point where I'm not gonna I'm not gonna list the Illinois uh beat writer, uh, but basically he's like I can't see this team finishing any less than nine and three. And I'm like, so you don't think it's possible they would finish eight and four. Like it's not possible. They still have to play Purdue, Minnesota, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Um, Michigan state. Yeah. Uh, at Nebraska. At Nebraska. I'm just saying. Oh, there's there. There's there, lo- there, look, there's potential losses that are still out there. There's plenty of wins left on the schedule. There's
1: plenty of losses too. Yeah. Yeah. But right now, the goal of Illinois is to get to Indianapolis. I, that I mean, they're in the driver's seat in the West. That's it, it. I believe that it. It's in their hands. Like if they, it's them in Purdue, which they'll play head to head. Yeah. So uh,
0: Minnesota as well. I mean, I mean, technically Nebraska is in the driver's seat as well. I guess that's true. They, none of those teams need help. They control their own destiny. I do think it'll be interesting this week. You know, Minnesota. Uh, you go from playing. You know, I was Illinois. thinking.
1: Two weeks in a row, Illinois has been the Big Ten game of the week. Yeah, and, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's a big game. Is that going to be? It's not, because I'm pretty sure it'll be Penn State. michigan Penn State Michigan. Would yeah, be that, yeah.
0: Uh, we'll we'll put that out to a vote. But um, yeah, anyways, uh, just the overall play. I mean, it's 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 defensive led. It looks good it is going to be interesting to see it, but
1: they do need Tommy DeVito back. though. You need DeVito back. Yeah. Yeah. I, even, I,
0: even as 80% DeVito would be, I, I think for.
1: if, if it's art starting, I think you have to give the, the, the nod to Minnesota as the favorite team there. But if DeVito's starting, I think Illinois should be favored at home. Uh, here's my current big 10 rankings. That I put out number one, Ohio state,
0: number two, Michigan, number three, Penn state, number four, Illinois.
1: I mean, they, they've earned it.
0: Yep. I mean, I mean, they should, they should be 6 and 0. Uh, I know. It's tough. I don't but yeah. um Purdue 5, Minnesota 6, Maryland 7. I don't think anybody's got really any issues with where those teams were ranked. Maryland fans had issues with me putting Illinois in front of Maryland. Okay. Last week I don't hear I don't hear from them now. No. Um after that, the bottom half of the Big 10, dude, Iowa at 8, mostly because of how good their defense and special teams is. Yeah, that's fair. Wisconsin at 9. Yeah. But you can put them in front of Iowa. I I get it. Sure. Uh, Nebraska at 10. I mean, they've come back from the dead. They have. But I don't think you can put Nebraska in front of Iowa when they have losses to Northwestern, Georgia Southern. And in all honesty, Oklahoma. Right. Who got shut out yesterday. Boy, that was ugly. For the first time since
1: 2000. I think it was 98. And it was the worst drubbing in, in Red River shootout history.
0: I mean, I, I can't believe how bad it. Like, I, they're, they're going to roll heads
1: quick there.
0: Yep. Uh, uh, Rutgers. Are you saying al- they're going
1: to make changes in midseason? <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs>
0: it's not allowed. Rutgers 11, Indiana 12, Michigan State 13, Northwestern 14. Anything in there that really.
1: No, yeah. I mean, Northwestern is clearly the worst. I would think you have to go Michigan State at 13. And, you know, the other ones are, are certainly tiers, right? There's, yeah. There's tiers where you could. Mix and match teams. By the way,
0: do you want to give it? A, do you want to give a attempt at the weekly Eisman? We, we're always so horrible at doing this. I think it should be Stroud. So you, 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 the typical thing that we look at is, who? What are the stats and who? Who is it against? Yep. Michigan State's defense is allowing stats, but yeah. essentially your take is he, he was he, just that. He good. He was just that good. You can't ignore it. That's fine by me. I, I the, the, the other guys that I would look at are. I would look at Aiden O'Connell 360 yards, two touchdowns yeah. with a big game winning drive yeah. and a big moment type of game. And, you know what I mean like, so he, and coming back from being out too. And, exactly. Yep. Came. And then another one would be, I, I mean, I got to think chase Brown is up there uh, as well. And then I, I would, I, I think Blake Corum as sure. well. I mean, all those guys could have it, but it, eventually we have to give it to an Ohio State quarterback. Yeah, we do. can we can do it we can't keep every week, it. I think, yeah. this week. You're probably right. It's about as, good a, about as good as the time as I need to do it. Yeah. Well, there you go, buddy. Well, well, at
1: least one of us is happy. And I also want to say I'm on record as calling the coaches cowards for not ranking Illinois. Yeah,
0: that's just stupid. Cowards. They would be highly ranked if they had a SEC logo. They ser- certainly would. Oh, certainly no. would. And, and, you know, I think Ohio State should be ranked number one. My my, I, my annoyance is that Tennessee was able to list that win yesterday as a quote unquote ranked win. Yeah, over LSU. Right, a hapless LSU
1: team. <laughs> hapless. My favorite words to word to describe a bad team. Hapless. Hapless.
0: And then I called the Florida. Is it Auburn? Who are they playing? I think it was Florida Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. I called it a a mattress stain of a game, and it was. Yeah. More, what I'm saying is there is ugly football available all over the place. I mean, Vandy held with Ole Miss for quite a while, and then Ole Miss ran away with that. But I'm just saying, like.
1: I'm sorry. No, uh, Georgia played Auburn.
0: Georgia played Auburn. But okay, that was, Georgia didn't look great versus Auburn. That was a 21-3 to game going into Correct. the fourth quarter. I'm just saying, like, Georgia has been, they can, they've they been kind of dicking around a little bit. Nothing. I'm not saying they're not a top-five team. They are. Well, I just, Florida
1: beat Mizzou. That's right. Okay,
0: <laughs> that was the mattress team.
1: That was the mattress team. But
0: you look at the stats in that game; it's it's absolutely disgusting. Twenty-four
1: so. to seventeen was the final. It's not a very good Mizzou team.
0: No, but Mizzou had more yards in the game, and I think, anyways. So that's just all I'm saying. I feel like it, it's what ticks yeah. me off is M- that is that you know. Um, none of these Big Ten teams can hardly ever count it as "quote unquote" ranked wins. Well, it's tough to do it when you have teams available to get ranked and they're not ranked. I mean, if you look at Purdue, right? Yep. Their only two losses are by a total of like what six points or whatever it is against two teams that are, I believe, eleven and zero or ten and zero. Something. I'm yeah. not sure if what happened to Syracuse um, yesterday,
1: but neither am I. But yeah, I mean, if you look down, this, doesn't
0: that count when you're two losses? It does. Losses but I, are,
1: I'm looking at the Mizzou Florida stats. It, I mean, you would have thought Mizzou, Mizzou won the won game if you're just looking at the stats. That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, it was ugly.
1: They they had 36 minutes time of possession, outgained them in first downs. They were nine of 17 on third down. They had 370 yards to 297 of, of Florida.
0: Florida's just not that good. as
1: The whole no, they're really not. I'm,
0: I'm trying to make. I do think Tennessee is good. By the
1: way. Oh yeah, they, for they, sure. That is a good team. Uh,
0: there's another doughy coach that was not well-received <laughs> by the fan base, yeah. that all of a sudden now the fan base is in love with it. Yeah, It's amazing what winning can do. Both Tennessee and Illinois fans can look at that chubby, milky white face <laughs> for both of their coaches and be like, God, that guy, I love that guy. Love that guy. He's, I, he's would, a,
1: I would love glad that. He's to
0: glad to. that face is
1: the head of our program. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to meet B me someday. <laughs> that would be great. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Curt. This
0: has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.